great. All right, so we're doing something a little bit differently. This is just me, Raptor Solo. There is no Catalyst with me right now. And I actually have a member of my local FGC here in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. His name is Sean Dude, and he's here. We haven't planned anything beyond the idea that we're just going to talk about Tekken and then kind of see where things go. Because Event Hub's very clearly the big name game of big name games is whatever Street Fighter happens to be out. That's just been kind of the the way things have been for a while. And um, it's like, you know, I, I wish I could get more of, of other games. Um, and we want to bring that. We absolutely do. And so I thought, well, this would be a good way to start. And what better game to kick this kind of idea off with than Tekken, which has been just growing like crazy in popularity and has, has it's always been around, right? Like growing up, I remember going in and, and seeing like you would just as soon run into a Tekken arcade cabinet as you would a Street Fighter cabinet. And I played more Tekken in arcades and stuff. Just I put a quarter in, do Horong like machine gun kicks and sometimes beat the whole game, right? So anyways, I don't want to go too far into everything. Um, welcome Sean Dude. He's just a really passionate guy and I've seen him enter the FGC and then just immediately start eating it up. And you have a background in radio and such too, so I'll turn it over to you. You tell us a little bit about yourself, especially as it pertains to your your FGC career. Wow, you really know how to make someone smooth, smooth <laughs> man. Whew, oh, thank you. That's a bit of a grandiose uh, introduction that I was expecting by Thank you, man. Yeah, uh, Sean, dude, I'm here from Tucson. And you were saying that you saw me grow as a player. You were actually the first person I ever met on my first day of playing fighting games. Oh, really? Yeah. Right when I... Uh, I remember the first... My first fighting game that I started playing was actually Street Fighter V. So I'm very relatively new to this. Before that, I played a lot of MOAs. I was, my head was just stuck in the hole, and its name was Dota 2, man. And I just... <laughs> I, it's good when you have a group of four other friends. So many people are like real close to play it with, but even that just starts to strain a little bit. So I was looking for something new to get into that was, uh, I'd be able to like sit with people, like something local. And I actually started watching a whole bunch of YouTube videos of salty fighting game players mm -hmm. at tournaments. And I was just like, I, I'm picking this up. So I bought Street Fighter V and I searched around, like went to a bunch of local video game stores that had absolutely no idea about anything. Like, hey, do you know anybody who, like any groups of people that play? I mean, this is the story that kind of like... I think this is has. everybody's story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. But, okay, so fast it. forward, because I already know all those boring Not Street it. Fighter parts, and we're not here to talk about Street Fighter... <laughs> Unless I get shock! Oh my gosh! Yes, oh, yeah. hubs? No, no, uh, no. Uh, you were you, you joined the Street Fighter crew, and then you. I, I feel like you noticed Tekken from afar, across mm -hmm. the room, across the the bar, Mister Heads, where we would play these games Absolutely. and such, right? And you have completely transitioned. Like, I, you'll still play some Street Fighter, but you yes, are a Tekken. You are a Tekken player, if if anything, right? Yes, one hundred percent. What was it that turned you on to Tekken in the first place? Probably when I was first, so this is actually my first ever Tekken game as well. The first thing that really got me hooked was just having memories of watching like old PlayStation commercials and seeing like the Tekken 3 Yoshimitsu spin around. Yeah. Like looking back and like, man, that game is cool. And then like following it, because after I started playing Street Fighter V, I like was so into fighting games. I wanted to just absorb more. So everything that came out, I was giving it a shot. Like, oh, let me check out... Uh, 
like Dragon Ball, let me check out all these anime games and see, and nothing was really sticking with me. But uh, I'm such a huge fan for presentation. And when I saw Tekken, and I saw the fir my first ever slow-mo of just like- It gets everybody. Boom, it gets everybody every time. I love, man. Oh, it just, like, it's your, the best part of your song, right when it hits that crescendo, because it only comes right at the end of a round and only when it's really close. And it just holds, and you're just in suspense, like, ugh, give me the finish. And then, boom, it slaps together. I was just sold right there. And I started learning, like, looking up everything about this game. I started learning who are the players. Uh, the first thing I actually tried to find out was, who streams this game? Because I don't know anything about this game. And that's, like, the quickest way to learn about it is to watch somebody who knows what they're doing. Who'd just, you find? I found pretty the guy that... Almost everybody finds when you hear about Tekken, and that's Mr. Avoiding the Puddle himself, Eris. Oh my gosh, Eris. Like, his reach is just too good, man. And he, to his credit, he was so amazing in, like, his early streams of just... Like, he's playing his Tekken. He's been playing for a long time, SBO finalist, like, a good player. But even when he's playing on his stream and he has all these people watching, he'll stop and go... All right, let me just tell you about like what is a wall standing move. I'm like, oh, time to bring out the pen and paper. <laughs> I just drill down a couple of that, you know. He always jokes every, on his stream like, all right, everybody, put down your marijuana paraphernalia. Shut up and listen to this. I'm gonna teach you what the heck is block punishable. I'm like, all right. And I just got addicted and I just played and I went to my local game, like my local areas. And we actually, I was blessed that we had people that had been playing. I had no idea, like a secret community came out for Tekken 7 of people that I haven't heard about playing other fighting games. Like, oh, I don't know any of you. And, hmm, so can you teach me a little bit of the game? And some of them are actually really, like, we have some very good players in our area. And, uh... I feel like you're exceptionally hungry for knowledge. I'm so addicted to it. Well, and, and that's why, because one of the reasons I brought Sean on to talk about this is one, I feel like he's he's a pretty enthusiastic speaker to begin with, but the I've seen a lot of people, I've been doing fighting games for about 10, 11 years now, and um, I've seen a lot of people come into the scene, most of them don't stick, right? And then some of them do, but they take a while. Myself was included, like there are certain things I was okay at, but certain things took me a while. But you have just been like this like black hole for information, just sucking it all in and just going in and seeking it out. And the growth that you've made, the growth that you've made is, um, one, it's like, well, in, here in 2019, the communication is so vast, right? So, but you've taken advantage of that, and I feel like you stand as an example of like how quickly someone can grow in these, you know, in these games if they really love it and, and put their head to it. And I imagine that your story, especially like you said, this is the first Tekken game, right? Like you weren't, you didn't do this before Tekken, right? You're not a returning player at all. Yeah. But I imagine your story is fairly similar because Tekken Seven has grown like crazy. It's been it's been amazing. It's just like every every year it brings in bigger numbers wherever it goes, and it's like it hasn't been huge spikes, but it's been consistent. And it remains to be like, the, it's the most fun game to play. A lot of people say it, it's it's fairly balanced. Last year we had one of the bears win, right? Uh, it's exciting. They got the, like these guest characters. It seems like they're doing everything right. It just feels like a magical combination of ingredients. It, it, to me, it's like you just happen to pop into the cottage in the swamp and the witch is stirring the pot and it's just the right mixture of oh, like eye of newt and horn of toad <laughs> and Harada's there with the stick just bubbling like oh I know you smell that come on in <laughs> like 
Something, you know, Evo, or Tekken was the only game this year at Evo that has, since its time, Tekken 7 at Evo had consecutively higher numbers every year for registration. Yes. I mean, that's got to tell you something, man. Like, they must be doing something right where they're either keeping a lot of players and they're also getting new ones. It was higher than Street Fighter. It was? Well, it it played, Street Fighter played on finals day and then Tekken. Oh, yeah. I was there. And then Smash. And it, and and we've we talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago, but it didn't feel like that was wrong. Tekken felt like it absolutely earned that spot, mm-hmm. and it's like I say, so consistently been doing it over the last couple of years with like seemingly just about every. I mean, it, I guess it has its faults and stuff, but nothing like <laughs> it's doing. It's doing really well. That's what I'm trying to get at. It it's really it's doing really great. And if you're like on the fence at all about playing this game, all you need to do to like take that net to get. Not like gently coaxed into playing Tekken. You're gonna get shoved into playing Tekken if you just watch a top eight at like some big turn. You just watch it. And you just if you watch it live, especially the electricity just gets right into you. You just start shaking, man. Like at Combo Breaker, I was sitting with a whole bunch of different Street Fighter players mm-hmm. from from Arizona and from other parts that ne- like never watched a Tekken top eight, and I was explaining a little bit of it. But sometimes when something just resonates right with people and they hit that energy, there's no explanation needed. They just watch it and they are just pumped by it. And that's mm-hmm. what happened at Combo Breaker. And it definitely happened at Evo for a lot of people that are like, what is this game? Why does this old man that have no hair in the center of his head? And why can't I not stop watching it? <laughs> All right, so that's one of the reasons why you might get lured into Tekken. Um, as far as the gameplay goes, when you first start out, to me, I look at this game with, with, you know, coming from my more Street Fighter background, mm-hmm. and I go, you know, three-dimensional and all this with Korean backdashing, what the heck is that? And I hear all this stuff about electric uppercuts and such, and, these, and, and all these frame-perfect things. And of course, we in the Street Fighter community have moved away from execution. <laughs> uh, so that sounds intimidating to me, and as far as the whole video game, or fighting games as a genre feel a little bit more inaccessible than others, and we're mm-hmm. always trying to make them easier to play. That feels a little overwhelming to me. But if I'm a new player and I'm coming into Tekken 7, where it stands now, what's the experience like when you start? And like, what are the what are the positives, especially for like people that are just getting into the game? Absolutely. So something that helps Tekken's appeal of like to as a new game for people that are just picking it up um, is actually just there are there is the simple bits of it. Everybody. So many people coming to this game have seen it when they were littler, like seeing Tekken 3 or Tekken 1. And what helps is that when you first pick up the game and you pick up a character, in Street Fighter when you just pick up the game and pick up a character, like even if you don't know how to do a fireball, the action that's happening on screen is kind of less flashy. Like there's, you know, you're not getting combos, you're getting like, here's just around, matching a roundhouse into a sleep and everything kind of, it's not that beautiful like like song and dance Mm -hmm. that Street Fighter played at a, level of knowledge comes at but Tekken at the most basic like you have no idea point people are still having fun because they're mashing at like left punch left punch right punch left punch and the guy's doing like a sequence he's doing strings and the strings help you immediately put together some idea of like what kind of moves your character is, is using the style because if i just like mashing like light punch with a guile i don't know like does this guy is he a boxer does he like come do cqc but if you're playing like law and which is the bruce lee equivalent and you're matching one 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 two and he does like the bruce lee just flick to the tip of your nose boom 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 
that's you're gonna immediately know what you're doing and you're gonna have a little bit of fun time. Like it's so obvious to see. Go to any barcade that has like a Tekken machine and you're gonna see like college people that maybe have never played this game just walk up to it or go like, huh, oh man, just have fun playing with each other. You know, uh, I, one of Dane Cook's most famous jokes or at least the ones that I remember and I don't think I ever sat through an entire Dane Cook concert or whatever, but I remember him talking about getting on the sticks at wherever, you know, some arcade, some laundromat maybe, or whatever, and playing Eddie Gordo and just mashing at, for, for your life and just having a good time and beating everybody because this was back in, like, I don't know, like Tekken 3 or something like that days where you could do that. But that was something that was so relatable that a comedian could take it and put it into their, you know, huge... Uh, huge audiences that Dane exactly. Cook had and it would resonate with enough people they'd be like yeah I know exactly what you're talking about like that was a an example of when Tekken had this gateway to the public where there was a connection to them on on a pretty foundational level so I hear that you can't do that with Eddie Gordo anymore in Tekken 7 you, not quite so you much you have some fun man you can put on a Capoeira concert or two yeah <laughs> <laughs> dancing it out on the streets you know put uh, con like some conga music on and <laughs> as you're doing handstands. Uh, who do you use? Who's your main? Actually, it's kind of interesting because coming to Tekken, I knew I heard how difficult this game is, like and the execution things. So I wanted to make it kind of simple. And I looked around. For me, I pick a character completely based off the aesthetic. But I read an IGN or like preview for the game saying like, and they even added new characters that are easier to use for newer for new players like Katarina like ooh Katarina mm -hmm. who's this oh she's a little uh, risque you know not very many people like to sport the uh, tramp stamp tattoo but it's on the front of your pants and you also got it framed by the whale tail like okay there's some a little interesting but it, it was her uh her style and her attitude that grabs me because I play a Balrog in Street Fighter and I just was putting it together like why do I pick the characters that I play and it's sort of this notion of like a brutality like when Balrog punches you he shakes the screen he's mean he grits his teeth you know he pushes his hands together Katarina she has this like kind of cocky attitude she kind of is like the female uh, people know other ten characters she's kind of like the female Miguel which is kind of like the uh you know, he's the cool, suave dude with his shirt open, chest hair coming out. He's from Spain, and he, like, he doesn't care. His stance is that he just... Other people have cool stances where they put their arms out or pull a sword out or something. His stance is he just puts his hand on his pocket, and he just looks at you and tilts his head. half cock like... Like, he's a, a side character on Full House, and he just heard some whack stuff somebody said and just looked at him like... <laughs> That's, that's the stance. And so my character, she headbutts people. She keeps her hands down. She does a stomp and laughs at you. <laughs> I was like, I'm playing this girl. How, uh, what kind of tier is she? She is an interesting character uh, where she's actually insanely basic. She's so simple as a character that the, the joke is that she has a string, uh, which is right kick, right kick, right kick, four, four, four. Uh-huh. And uh, you just mash 444 because it's like the, one of the quickest counter hitting launchers in the game. And it was, in the beginning, it was perfectly safe. It was one of those moves that you just, why not do it? Just yeah. do it. But she didn't have a lot of depth to her. In season 2 came, she has a lot more depth. And Sounds like my kind of character. I play Nikali in, in Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe if you were an Ed player, you'd dig this kind of, that, like, that's what I'm talking about. All right. 
but she's actually quite a good tournament character because she has this volatility and she could just turn things. If you are like have a huge life lead and you press a button, you just press like the safest, quickest, smart button. But she hits out the the meme, the four four four, the big legs, <laughs> and she could just take you down to seventy percent with rage. Just like hit you with the blue elbow at the end of the wall and just what 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 just happened? All right, and then you just see me going, all right, Sean, dude, two one, and that's that's like that has happened so many times to me in tournament of people just thinking they have this huge lead and just chill, and then they make the wrong move and kablooey. But uh, with picking like a character, I picked one that resonated with me on aesthetic, and then the gameplay actually happened to hit so well. But there's so many different styles and personalities represented in the game that. I can't, I find that everybody that I know that has like seen a tech, like seen Tekken, or even just like watched somebody put a quarter in a machine, not even touched it, they have a character that they've seen from the select screen that they kind of like dig. Mm -hmm. So that gives sort of everybody sort of like a starting point. I mean, Street Fighter 2, they have such iconic characters, so visually different, more so than Tekken. But you know, Tekken's got so many staples of interesting looks of this man. Is he like half cat, or is he just wearing like a cat face on his regular face? Are they joined? How the mouth moves with, uh, like, there's a bear, there's a kangaroo with a little kangaroo. Am I playing as the little kangaroo or the one that's the, they both got boxing gloves? Old man, little girl, you know, what's not to love? You know, I shouldn't have ended it on those two items for my list and say what not to love. I think you just got to live your truth, Sean. Listen, man, I'll save that for later. But <laughs> it's, uh, I think the biggest thing going for Tekken is its style. That pulls people in and it also helps to keep people in. And the style in this game is so strong. What's the most fun thing to do? Like when you're playing, the th and, and the first thing that comes to your head or your heart here is... Doing a combo. Easy, because there's such a big moment when you are first learning the game and you... I know so... I hear so many t stories of people that are just picking up Tekken. Like, okay, I'm in the training mode. I tried this combo for like 35 minutes and I was like, I just don't get it, man. You know, I just had this moment and I did it and I jumped up out of my chair. And like seeing that the flow, the execution, their long drawn out combos, Tekken 7, the combos are some of the longest that they've been mm -hmm. with like the way you can extend combos with the corkscrew move and stuff. That when you do it and you execute it and you see the life bar just shrink like, wow, I did that perfectly. Because depending on the character, you could have some very uh, difficult combos that you, can, that you have to pull off. In the, the scene, there's so much like respect around people from like older games in olden times when you would watch like people would show you a combo video for a character shared out on a VHS tape or something like yo I don't know who this dude is you MC ogre but like man this the stuff he's doing over this is dope or you know like just just cool stuff and the combo when you hit that and you hit it reliably in your tournament it's like combos are so great because in street fighter when you're playing you have very little time to breathe the only time is really like, okay, I did a super and I have this cinematic that I can watch and just chill. In Tekken, when you land that combo, if it comes back and it's a counter hit or you just do it, get it somehow and you're losing and you have your sequence, it's sort of like you turned off, you're getting your butt kicked and the computer's turned off right now and you just landed that combo starter, you flip the switch and like, okay, what's the boot sequence? Well, how do I get this car, how do I get this truck back on the road? Boom, 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 boom. You type in the secret code. And it's just a moment of, okay, no, I got this. It's, it's under control. And, you know, they're flashy and... It's satisfying. It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. And then coupled with how the visual effects of this game have changed, 
like dynamic cameras adds so much to a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it can be kind of distracting and like bad, badly implemented. But in Tekken, it always never takes you out of the the, the action. Like if you hit a big uh, counter hit, like every Steve Flair, Steve is the boxer. Mm-hmm. Every Steve Flair you talk to, their favorite moment in the game is gonna be when they clock that big left hook, the legendary back one, the like most notorious counter hit move in Tekken. It makes this shock of boom. The screen shakes. It turns black and white for a mere like like three frames just instantly flash in front of your eyes like if you just got hit and you're like oh my god what's going on and they just crumble they they fold like a pamphlet man and (laughs) it's so good that's like the reason i know so many steve players play steve because of how that feels when you crush somebody and then they get that big combo juicy like "Mm, don't mix with me guff there were a handful of moves that goken did in street fighter 4 that shook the screen and I not only appreciated that, I think they changed certain things where there was less screen shake or something like that. I don't remember the specifics, but it was enough to really notice. And that actually got me thinking about like why I appreciate games um, the way I do, at least in one avenue. I remember playing God of War 2, and one of the most satisfying things in that game was just when you make contact with the, just a, like one of the routine bad guys and you hit them with your just standard like square, 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 square. It felt good. And doing a regular grab, like just the routine gameplay was very satisfying because of the way the sounds, you know, the thwock of the hit and things like that. When the screen shakes like that in, in fighting games and the sound and the spark and everything, that is not something you like always immediately or are consciously aware of, but it's so important on your subconscious and just like it, it, it's very significant to the equation that adds up to your enjoyment level right of the game mm-hmm. and yeah I, I think Tekken has done that in a bunch of little ways and then you you very much notice like the slowdown that we talked about earlier oh, right yeah. the slow motion towards the end super satisfying and it's is there a reason because since you play a couple of fighting games specifically Street Fighter and Tekken Down um, than others yeah sure sure uh, is there is Tekken more watchable to a layperson that isn't into fighting games? Because I feel like it is, but I haven't sat and thought exactly why that might be. But you, you know, you watch some Street Fighter, you watch some Tekken, you watch some other stuff. Is Tekken more easily watchable uh, for the layperson, in your opinion? And if so, do you know why? Ooh, I can give you answers to both questions, man. Like, it is definitely... It's so easy to watch. It's the best thing you can be watching if you want to watch a fighting game. And the reason because of that, I think, honestly, is because what draws so many people to this game is that it's real life, man. You know, we're not throwing fireballs and spinning around and, like, kind of weird things. It's, that's, like, a sep- a degree of separation. It's giant it. bears uh, boxing with each other, uh, right? Well, While yeah. wearing, like... like <laughs> Jugglers costumes and such. Gotta have the purse ready in case you know the. I mean, I remember seeing. I remember seeing Shower Akuma get top eight somewhere, and that that you know with like he's like literally in a shower, right? And he throws fireballs, man. So no, but what you're meaning is that it's not as fantastic. It's more realistic looking, and most of the stuff is actually just hand to hand combat, right? Absolutely, like everybody who's seeing it can kind can understand what's going on. Like here's a good counter example. If I'm with somebody and they're watching Street Fighter for the first time, and somebody throws a fireball and then it gets blocked, like, 
what does that mean? Did the fireball hurt him because it's like on fire still? Or is it like he's shrugging it off and it's nothing? Whereas you're watching Tekken and somebody's watching it and they see like a big kick to the chin and the guy's head goes sideways. They go, oh my gosh, that guy gave him sweet chin music right there. Like I've, I've seen that or like uh, even simple things. Like there are characters that have very simple looking moves that are beloved. Like Nina has, who's a female assassin, she just has like a backhand slap. Boom, boom. Like almost everybody has been slapped in the face and just to the point where, you know, your face gets red and you're still looking the other way and you haven't turned back yet and like, ooh, that woman. <laughs> and it's just like, it's more you can relate to it. You can see what's going on and it's easier to uh, pull for somebody as they're like making a comeback because you see them like, wow, this guy, and it's easier for them to assess sort of what's going on. Like every time the ro giant robot dude runs up he punches him low in the legs. It's like, oh, I just hope they only he can see that. And then the one time he goes and punch him low in the leg for the win, he reads it and he does like a flying jump kick, launches him in the air. Like, oh, he dealt with the low kick. I, I get it. Yeah. Whereas like, uh, if somebody's watching, man, I'm just giving like harsh examples, but uh, the colleague just throws seismos out there and they're not too sure why. They don't see that the dude's building V-Trigger and the other guy's like too scared to jump because he's getting anti-aired or something. It's like, why is the, you know, why is he not moving it's in? It's not as apparent. It's not as apparent as the objectives of the players, of what they're trying to establish in their game plan. And you're watching Tekken and anybody could tell you that's watching the game of, yeah, every time that guy gets to the wall, he's ducking a lot. Like, okay, they might not know what that means or the extent of it, but they can see a pattern and they can see like what they're trained, the person's training to do. It's kind of like MMA, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to like imagine a Tekken match happening in an MMA ring and what that might entail. And you got a couple stages that look like that. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as opposed to like Street Fighter with Blanca, you know, doing stuff or like M. Bison. I mean, and, and there are animal characters in Tekken, like we brought up, but even they still like kind of function like you would imagine these, these beings would if they like existed like this right and they don't have like weird flight powers most of the time I mean there's a couple like no but characters. they only do it when it makes sense like the guy has to have giant wings on his back or she's a robot she gets a jet yeah and and so I'm sure you could like argue the, the details and say well here's a counter example but I think it still reigns true yes this is more easily processable this is more apparent and people can get it faster more quickly more rapidly uh, yeah that, that makes sense so anything you would change about the game right now? Like any problem? Um, like it as it pertains to people watching it and people. No, just in general, game. like like for the overall just enjoyment levels of the and then maybe you don't, but maybe there's something that every once in a while, man, I just I wish they would change this. Mm, it's so hard because I'm looking at it sort of through a, a different lens as somebody who's completely new to Tekken. You know, people who are more legacy players may have a list of changes, but um for me, I mean, just make it watchable, make it more fun, make it, uh, but that's, it's so fun and so watchable. It's hard to, I mean, I have little gameplay no, tweaks no, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but you don't have to go looking for the answer to that. If it's not something you go, oh yeah, this is the answer to that, then that's mm -hmm. fine. I mean, just, then I believe it. I mean, people love this game. <laughs> it's, it's, it's doing as well as doing for a reason, mm -hmm. right? Who's your favorite player to watch? Ooh, man. Definitely got a couple of them. Uh, I really, really love, you know, everybody has like 
a dude, the person that uses their character, and sure. they're like, oh man, I love this guy. But it's kind of hard with me uh, playing Katarina. There are so many big, like so few big name Katarina players. Like typically we look to the East for a fighting game influence, like from Japan and Korea. And she's not very popular over there as like a main character. A lot of big name, like uh, Ranchu, the bear player who won the world tour, he'll, pop, he'll pull her out. In certain matchups and stuff. I mean, there, we have our big hero, Gerlanda, out in Italy, who was the guy who won a 324-man tournament for the Tekken World Tour Finals Last Chance Qualifier. So he won that huge monster tournament with this character, totally underseen, and then got it to be the last spot in the thing. Um, I really love watching Nobi, who's a Japanese player. He's a former EVO champion. He plays Steve Fox in Dragonoff, and when he's playing Steve Fox, he just has this character of just mash like pushing into you mashing just like he epitomizes the persona of like this aggressive boxer that he's playing like the character really shows on him and his approach really shows on the character so i love watching that uh i really like watching uh, people that have a lot of execution a lot of flair a lot of big things like super akuma who's a french akuma player uh i love like when he does these crazy Combos and Akuma has some of the craziest combos you got because there was a huge like turn. Bounce him he bounced off the ground. A bunch yeah, of he like the, and it's all like Street Fighter stuff. You, is he a dick in this game? Like he's he, a dick in all of my he's games. He's a dick, man. Because listen, he's gonna be you know do a ex dp fa or he's gonna do a dp fa dc cancel like make it like not launch punishable. You gotta guess, and if he gets it, it's the biggest combo in the world. Mm-hmm. Like he has one of the few characters that has like reliable touch of death combos. Like he can just kill you. You you look at Akuma man, he's only like five foot six, but he'll pull it out on you. Just one wrong look, and it could be off of the most innocuous thing, because he's the only, one of the only characters that can do a full combo off of just the lightest touch, because he can do cancel into DP EX or into DP FADC and just blow you up. See you later. You know, big memorable mentions definitely to American players. I love watching Lil Majin, Anakin. Yeah. Actually, Trongy is one of my. Favorite player. I just love how he approached. He uses Geese, which is another character from King of Fighters who uses Meteor, and, and he does all this crazy stuff. And when he gets these big monster combos, you always he has this feeling of like he so earned that. Like he got the most cleanest sidestep on Shadow right there, and just blasted him, gave him the Geese fist in the stomach, and just took him across. How how much BS is there? How often do you Ooh, feel like when man. you lost, you didn't deserve to lose? There's a little bit of it, and some of it kind of stems from, uh, like, uh, these newer characters, the meter, Geese and Akuma, these meter characters who can just do, like, the most, uh, smallest, like, a duck jab, which is the quickest, one of the quickest moves, safest moves that you could do, just, like, it's this, it's the ultimate, just get off me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. do any damage, really, and it's just, it's your turn, but they can convert it into full combos and even, like, kill off of it for some crazy stuff. I mean, that gets people super frustrated, but uh, it's because it's so different to Tekken. And what I really like about Tekken is that people who have been playing since Tekken 3, Tekken 4, Tekken 1, they, a lot of them are still playing. You look at who's the top dogs now. They've been playing for so long. Well, it's legacy too. Like You can transfer the skills pretty quickly, right? From game to From game. From game to game, yes. Okay. You know, it's always going to be the same rules, high mids and lows. There's going to be, you know, it's things are launch punishable. Here, you do the backdash. The game is always played the same. The game is, 
I'm going to use my movement to bait out an attack, and then I'm going to kill you, or I'm going to hit you for missing that attack. It's all whiff punishing? It's, it's very much whiff punishing, because the whiff punishing doesn't exist just in two dimensions of uh, space between the characters, but also spatial relationship side, like the 3D aspect adds so much to it of thinking. You always have... What really brings me to Tekken, actually, we were talking about combos, but the biggest thing that brings me to Tekken is that it always feels like you have an option. There's always something that you could be doing. You could be changing... You can change your movement. You can move in so many different ways, stand in so many different directions. Characters have like very deep move lists, and there's something for... Every character sort of has something for a situation. That's why when you talk about Tekken balance, you don't hear things of like really crazy stuff of... You know, this is like a 7-3 matchup. Because I think in Tekken there are no 7-3 matchups. Everybody is like a 5.5, like, or maybe some very niche situations where it's a 6-4. So I've heard that there are only like a handful of characters that are not tournament viable or that you would be surprised to see win. But it's, for the most part, a big revolving cast of characters that you'll see in top 8s and even winning events. Almost evidenced perfectly, right, by uh, the fact that we had a bear win. Exactly. The big dance, right? So, uh, but it, so you you feel the same way? Like, how many characters, how many are there on the roster? Do you know off the top of your head? A lot, man. There's so many. There's, I actually should have counted. I'm I, sorry. I don't know, but. We'll edit this part out. I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> don't edit it out. Look it up, man. Have you ever heard of Alta Vista? Use it. Uh, <laughs> Um, all characters but, are viable, and you won't be surprised to see them in top eights or anything. But unfortunately, right now we kind of are in a situation where we're seeing a lot of the same characters, like the top five of top eight. You know, this the Kazumi's, the Geese, the Steve Fox, now the Jin. Like those characters, you they've got a permanent reservation at the table of top eight. Um, but it, the differences are so minor that it's not like nothing crazy that puts them over. It just happens to be like some really, really good players are using them right now. And uh, it, I don't think it's super bad. And we're on the eve, literally right around the corner, we have season three, and people are talking so many things. This could all get shaken up. Because last season, things got shaken up big. You know, the top eight characters were dragging off Jack. They were getting brought down a little bit. Uh -huh. Nothing crazy. Nobody's saying, like, I'm not playing this character anymore. They're, uh, you know, they're adapting. You know, Anakin made top eight at Evo this year with Jack. And, like, Jack is still super good. He's, like, great. But he was on, like, the receiving end of some nerves. I remember, was it JDCR Saint that was just going crazy with Jack? A couple yeah, years it ago? was, that was always the top eight you'd see. Saint using Jack versus JDCR's dragon off. Like, mm -hmm. hell, here's, the, and they were both on Team Echo Fox, so just be... All right, another Echo Fox Grand Final. Just very again, repetitive. again, again. And that that was like a chapter, maybe two ago. And now, well, it seems like Knee wins a lot, but he's then, good at this game, man. Yeah, and and it was for a minute. It felt like he just kind of had everybody else just kind of held underwater, uh, mm -hmm. and no one could do anything. But in steps Arslan Ash, thanks to uh, Sherry Genix and the yes. E fight, uh, the E fight pass. Such and a wonderful thing. I'm so happy. Got him out here. And uh, he's from Pakistan, right? Yes. And he not only he won Evo Japan at the uh, very beginning of the year, but then he wins Evo. He beats the he beats him in winners bracket. Yes. Right? Uh, and then I believe I, I've heard that he has said he's not even the best Pakistani player. 
Yeah, that was sort of like a word going around. I'm not too sure of the source on it, but yeah. Uh, now the people in Pakistan are strong, and it's this amazing story of this like niche pocket of the world that so few people knew about. Like they play Tekken over there, and then for them to have just like this champion who shows up and shows like the the strength of it, and just takes everybody by storm. It was so amazing, like. Seeing him win two Evos back-to-back, and everybody jumps on him. Who is this guy? What's his story? He's being featured in ESPN and so many different news outlets and all this stuff. And uh, uh, I watched a really good video. Spaghetti Rip does a really good sort of like telling of the Arslan Evo Japan story. And it makes... This is like the best time I feel to be be just a Tekken spectator. You don't even got to play the game to enjoy it right now. You can just watch and see what's happening in the community is so interesting. It's so easy to follow. It's almost like an anime, man. And you also have these side stories of, well, the American players, they're doing a lot better now. Like, we are... Turns out when we have more time with the game compared to the the other regions that have early access to it, because they have arcade release, like, you know, we we get our stuff up, man. You know, I have nobody to talk. I have no accolades or (laughs) trophies under my belts except local swap meet beat-em-ups or something. But, uh... You know, I, it just fills me with pride of just seeing, you know, the, the regional things just pop up so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but back to Arslan Ash, just seeing, it was such a powerful moment at EVO of just, this is a new saga, a new chapter. The second he won and he bowed down and prayed, man, I almost like, I welted up. I was like, yeah. whew, whew, man. Because <laughs> it was just such a step forward. It's like, hey... We're opening up this new chapter with a bang. And everybody take a look at these players from this region because they might be something. There's been actually a lot of... There's a Japanese Tekken streamer and player, Kuro Kuro, who does a lot of streams where him and other like top Asian players take a field trip for a week to Pakistan. Like He just went there with Chidi Chidi... Or, I'm sorry, with Chikorin. Uh, and to do like... They do like these big first attends with all these people and just... Chikorin is just getting beat by like a, a good chunk of the players is like scraping by for wins in this first in these first attends. The same thing, Knee came over and uh, it was just you know, they're like a real threat. They're just so strong in the style that they play is uh, so clean and so strong with defense. It's everyone can see how it's done, but nobody can like emulate it just how they're doing. It's too strong. Like there's this quote that's been floating around that Knee said, and I know I'm not going to get it completely straight, but the, he was talking about how to beat Arslan Ash. He says, I have to force him in mix-ups. He's de- like, because his defense is so good. Like, I, I have to mix this guy up. I have to make him guess and just hope that he guessed wrong more than he guesses right. And it's, you know, triumphant. He's such a nice guy, Arslan Ash. And he you know, streams and he's such a humble beginnings. You know, I saw a picture of him from like ten or six years ago, nine years ago, of him like winning a Tekken tournament, and he's like holding up his little pe- like the piece of paper with other people and like his Pakistan Pakistani culture. It's like wow, like it's not that these guys came out of nowhere, just nobody's heard of them. Well, there's been a guide. Uh, I think it was a transition from Killer Instinct to Street or from Street Fighter to Killer Instinct, and I thought that was really cool. And you and I were talking outside. And you were kind of discussing the idea of 
you know, especially since we have a bunch of uh, Street Fighter fans here on Event Hubs. If you were a Street Fighter player that wanted to get into Tekken, what are some of the jungle swings that you would use? Like, what are the similarities, the parallels? Mm. If you're a Street Fighter player going that way, what can you expect? And why would you want to do it? I think the easiest thing that for people to grab onto and to immediately understand is if you tell some people what they should not worry about. Okay. Like, there's so many aspects to this game. There's so much minutia and situations and scenarios because you're multiple like that feels intimidating right like there's so in street fighter there are certain i know all the angles of attack you know i can he can walk at me he can dash at me and he can jump at me and he's gonna be right in front of me tech and like this situation of this weird like oh he teleported out of the corner and he timed his tatsu but it didn't hit him in some weird way think about that but if it could hit every single degree on akuma's back yeah and like you, the game immediately makes these decisions and there's so much that goes into understanding how the game makes those decisions. And so much of it is like, dude, don't worry about it. I was going to say, so far, I'm like, I don't want to do, I don't want to be playing, like, I, don't, I need to be Rayman. No, no, man. You can't be, that's, that's too strong. What you need to know is just like what not to worry about. So many people, you can talk to every player that's been playing Tekken for a while and they'll tell you, they have different opinions on what to start off with when learning Tekken. It's like, oh, learn a backdash, or no, learn your combo, like no, learn your punishes, what's like the first thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of argument around that, but I think just what not to worry about is universally talking, like known about like, hey man, um, don't worry about how character like the 16 different ways you can get off of the ground and how they interact with moves <laughs> just just get up like just get up and uh don't fret about like frame data super hard at the beginning because there's too many moves to look at to try to remember all their move properties and things frame data you can boil down to really simply in tekken it's like it's like street fighter you just add like a decimal to it sort of of okay this is 10 frames is your jab. That's the quickest thing in the game. And guess what? Everybody's got that. Everybody's, you don't have to worry about three frame jabs. Everybody's got that. Learn things that are universal across characters that you can just like understand of. Well, if I block a low, I can, all lows are unsafe. So I can just punish them. Except for two. <laughs> Maybe more. But uh, if I'm getting hit, I should probably just block. Because getting, you're plus when, the other guy's plus when he hits you and he's minus when he doesn't hit you. That's the frame data you need to know. Is when you block something, it's your turn, unless there's like a string. And you can see that because the guy will do the string and you learn like immediately right ne there, next time like, I'll wait till he does the other part and then I'll- I don't know dude, because my brain does not work that way uh, like it like should. Like an adaptive learning machine? I, sometimes, I remember, like it was Ultra David would say it most often, but other people in Arizona have said it too. But that, like, one of my strengths as a player was that I would never change my game plan, which I always thought was probably more along the lines of, uh, oh, the, he's not very good. And sometimes it works out for him <laughs> at decision making. And I think I lean more towards that because uh, there are certain things where it just requires a little bit more detailed attention on this one little thing to, to change what's going on. And I don't do it. And even when I think about it, my fingers won't do it. And so to me, it sounds like there are a bunch of little tiny things you're gonna have to be aware of, which, okay, I expect that eventually. But you're saying you can get by without it when you start. Why? The first thing you should learn when you're picking up this game is not how to play the game, but how to have fun with it. 
I think that's the most important part about You said that was combos. That's combos, but bigger than that, it's just learning how to make things have like a visual reaction and you like you get pumped by what you see on the screen like, oh yeah, that was okay. just having moments where you just go, that was dope. It's not about like winning at the beginning. Yeah. It's just like Yo, that was cool. Cause it happens. It's so frequently. The moves look so cool and iconic, and you know, and people get hit, and interactions happen. That just because the game system is so complex on the back end, it makes whatever weird accidental things just like play out in a way that you would expect. Sort of like, oh, that's so cool that that did that. Try to find and seek out those moments. That is what propels you to want to create those moments more by learning how to play and getting good. Once you get to that certain level uh, where you've, you've kind of got your groove, you know what's up, your finger starts to do stuff for you, I figure that you are juggling, like, well, I'm gathering, that you're juggling a million things at yeah. once. Because you're talking about, like, how do I get up, and what happens if the Tatsu hits at certain angles, which I assume means that they're going to bounce off of the Tatsu in certain ways, which would affect if you're able to punish, mm-hmm. right? Things like that. Oh, yeah. So, and, and you can just, I mean, even me, just with this very basic idea of it, just thinking of it in a 3D realm and all that that implies, all the extra variables that come into play. Um, no one's ever going to be ready for all those. You can't even be ready for all of the ones in, in a 2D game. No. You know? So it's like, yeah, I, I get it. And and that's kind of crazy and chaotic, but, we're, but fair. But mm-hmm. fair. Yes. And uh, But that's got to be stressful. That's where, here's the hardest when you're, part. When you're actually aware of all of these things and you're trying to juggle them, knowing you can't possibly do all of them, how do you deal with that? That's, this is actually the stage. This is the hardest part of learning to play Tekken. This is where everybody that you've talked to that said they bought the game and they don't play it now, this is where they dropped off. It's when you lose the ignorance. Oh no. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, innocence dies and you're like, okay, this is happening because of this, but my, my dude has like 30 it's different things he can do and I don't know what road. to do there. It's like the first time you go camping and you get thrown a crazy Swiss Army knife and you go, uh, I have no idea what's, what do I, which one of these things do I use for this situation? Is this the salad fork or the dinner fork? Now you Why have the I responsibility to actually have to do these things yeah. right, right? Instead and of just flailing around. The Instead list. of just Eddie Gordoing. Exactly. Because then you play against somebody that's seen that once or twice before and they learn something basic of when I block a little, I can punish it. And you're like... Now this that's all this character does is dance. Yeah. That's you know, it's frustrating and that's where that is the most crucial part to have outside intervention. That's when you need to like reach out and just just ask somebody something. Cause now That's the know, moment of commitment. Or exactly. or go stay in That's when you like well that's when the thought comes across your head of going, I could play Tekken. <laughs> and you like the biggest way to overcome that is you just need to reach out through like a resource or somebody that you know that just plays this game a little bit more than you Mm -hmm. and they can just give you one answer and just one like show you how it's just like okay i don't gotta worry about that now that is in the bag like the the boiled it down i get it okay i i have it's i still have a million things to worry about but I have one less thing that I'm super high-key stressed about. Just low-key stressed. That's just playing the game. <laughs> uh, what's more fun, Tekken or Street Fighter? Oh, really, Tekken? Why? And if you were to rate both on a scale from 1 to 10 with fun, where would you put them? 
I will 100% always say that I think Street Fighter's fun. Mm. I do. It's a, it's a good time. Some of my fondest memories are... I wouldn't be in this... Like, Street Fighter had to be fun, or else I wouldn't be here right now. I would have dropped off. after. Yeah. It would have been like that time I tried to play Fire Emblem. Just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't get it. Why, do they want to kiss each other or kill everybody? <laughs> I would say Street Fighter offline. That's only, I'm only talking about offline video games this whole podcast. Okay. This is not, we're not getting into the online of one or another. just want to talk about the spirit of them whole. You know, offline Street Fighter is very fun. Numeric value. So, uh, Wait, like, so what? Like, trying to put like a, I'm thinking of oh, like a one to ten. Or I don't know, whatever. Like, just how far ahead in quantifiable so we can know. All right, I would say taken. playing Street Fighter offline is like a seven or an eight. Okay. It's so good. You know that you're having fun with your friends. There's crazy moments. You know, you have the. The underdog stories, the comeback, the things that just happen in like a live environment with multiple other people playing this game. That's just cool. It's like a, a universal language that everybody sort of almost so many people get their start into everything through appeal like uh, attraction of Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Or like, it's a pretty it, big gateway drug. It's like, yeah, it opens the door for you. Like, remember that time Jackie Chan was Chun Li in that movie? <laughs> Yeah, what's that about? I prefer the Raul Julia in that movie, but yes, yes, I do. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Tekken is a 10. It's just... Oh, you're one of those guys that gives 10s. I mean, I think it's a very... I think it's a 10. I don't say it's a perfect game, I don't think, but I think it's a 10. All right, out of fun. Fun levels. Out of fun levels, man. I mean, it's just... It's... Every time you play a game, I, I saw this tweet that was going around that really just echoed it for me, of uh, like this guy with the Street Fighter Five mentality, the guy with the Tekken mentality, the guy with the Street Fighter Five mentality, is talking goes like, uh, man, I don't know why my anime worked and that stuffed my whole super, and like this game is just uh, this game, like they say this game, like this game, Tekken Seven, playing like, wow, man, I just got bubbled. Good job. Ten points. Yeah, let's well, let's do it again. That was so wild. Like, there's just a always. There's never a reluctance to press that rematch button. You just start. It's so free flow. It's just you put your finger with the paint on the canvas, and you just let it go places, and it can go wherever it wants. You know that's why when you see uh, people that play the same characters, it's so interesting seeing character specialists. Because so many people play characters their own way. They're able to put their personal touch and it's so identifiable in Tekken. That's another part of what makes Tekken so watchable is if you watch Nobi's Dragon Off and you watch JDCR's Dragon Off without no names, I told you this one of them's Nobi, one of them's JDCR, you're like, uh, yeah, it's that one and that one. What, like, what are some of the specifics? Like, is it in the movement patterns? It is, like, what's a strategy that becomes apparent in Tekken? Uh, just like, how much are they pushing back compared to how much are they pushing forward to go at the guy? Like, uh, nobody's very rushed down, heavy, boom, 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 right in your face, pushing things down. And JDCR, uh, there was a, like, an old quote from uh, Nee about JDCR, but he, I don't like to play him because he just pokes low and runs away. And there was like bad blood for a little while. And like they're both very effective strategies. And the characters' moveless are so diverse 
that you can do that. You can play so differently and still succeed and still get good results, good consistent results. <laughs> it's cool, man. They have their own little flair. Like side step inside. When did like when does he like to go back? When does he like to look at a down two? Do that little single hand shoe shine. If you're trying to convince me to play Tekken, is there anything else in addition to what you've already said that you would want to say? Oh yeah, the most important thing to learning how to play Tekken. Play with somebody who is also this will help you so much. Play with somebody who's also learning how to play Tekken, because that ensures that it stays fun. You guys, if you can find somebody that you can grow with, and or just like play and be on similar levels and still, you know, give each other runs for money and, because that's uh, one thing of why I feel like Tekken is so consistent, because it's very apparent this uh, gaps in skill between a high level player and a low level player, whereas like a low level player, you know, there's the thought that a low level player could just do like do wild and unpredictable things, and maybe get like win in a first to two. But really, there's so much technique in and uh, control over it. That's why results are so consistent. The high-level players can always rely on their skills to not have you know bad tournament results or have like have a moment where they're explaining to their homie of like, yeah, I lost to somebody I shouldn't have lost to. What percentage of the time does the less skilled player win? Okay, I'll ask you this. What do you think is the answer to that question for Street Fighter Five in the tournament setting? Oh, baby, you went there. You went right back at it from this. Oh, my gosh. Listen. I first was, I, I was first, you know, turned on to this concept, this question, uh, talking to Rock, our other local, uh, one of our local FGC players. And he said in third strike, the better player always wins. That might have been a little hyperbole mm -hmm. uh, because I've beaten Abe before at third Ooh. strike and uh, I'm not the better player. But I figure, like, that's kind of and third strike's regarded by a lot of people as the best fighting game ever as far as like the com the competition goes the competitive side of things with street fighter 5 how often does the better player win it's it's like a weird curve where in like the average levels um it's like no 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 no, no. <laughs> but it's like 78 percent of the time the better player wins you know maybe 80 it's too much that the not better player wins. But you get really good at it, and you really get good at like the decision-making things and the pattern of observation and turning that around really quick, and it gets to be like 90, 95% of the time. So that's probably the answer I'd give for Street Fighter V. Well, for Tekken, I would say I'll give it like a, a 90%, maybe higher, maybe like... When's the last time knee a, lost in pools? Uh, mm, okay, that. Have you seen knee lose in pools? Uh, I mean, it has happened. Yeah, has it? Of, but, like, it's not, you're not looking at that. You're not looking at the downfalls, you're looking at the triumphs. It's like, you ask yourself, when has knee not been in the grand final? You look at that, and that's what sticks out to you. Sure. Because it's so you know, very consistent. Um, like I was talking about, it's the movement so much and the information gathering. Because in Tekken, because there's so many options of things that you can do defensively and offensively, gathering information about your opponent is so critical because you need to narrow that field down. You have to be able to expect what's unexpected. Like a good player, I was thinking about this concept in my head the other day 
of what does a good player learn in Tekken when they do a jab and it gets blocked? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you learn in Street Fighter if you do a jab and it gets blocked and they do nothing? Like, how much of that are you pulling in at the moment? In Tekken, there's a lot that you're getting because there's so many different things that they can do. It's not just block or press a button. It's duck, block, move, press a button, look for a counter hit, armor. There's so much of that going on that the good players can just tuck, take a whole chunk out of that pie and just go, I know exactly what you're going to do, and I learned it last week. Like, I have moments like that I get a little cocky and definitely in my head when I'm playing, but when I play people, especially when I'm in my room just playing by myself on the internet, and I just... The darkest, the, the darkest, darkest times. Yeah, or a lot of times at, like, big tournaments, I just sit down and uh, just have, like, a really good game. I just go, man, I know how the next 120 seconds are going to come down. Because I've seen this guy's movement for 30 seconds or something. That's why um, when I love doing money matches, because if I could just look at somebody play for 30 seconds, I have a lot of information. And sometimes it's way too much to parse, and I like make the wrong moves off that information. But I feel like I get a good amount of information when I play. And that really helps... It's, it's very common, too, between a mid-level player and, like, a lower-level player. A medium-low. Medium-rare. Uh, where are you locally between here, Tucson and Phoenix? How do you rank? I'm, I mean, okay, just in the results of our Ranking Battles Tournament Series. Sure. Third overall. And we have some good players. but uh, Who's our best guy, Steve? Well, our best guy is... Springtrap, uh, also known as KPC. Uh, he's a guy who's very well-traveled because he was in the military, so he's played in a lot of different scenes. And he's also well-known because uh, when he's in those scenes, he helps a lot of people learn how to play the game. How long till you catch Springtrap? If you feel, you're feel talking to me now, and I'm kind of feeling myself, and I might have been watching a Ric Flair promo on the drive yeah. over. Uh, I would say, like, in the next two tournaments. Oh, Really? You're about well, to beat well, our, you're about to beat our best. I mean, man, I I beat this the guy who beat me. Like we go hella back and forth. I beat him constantly. He beats me constantly. Like I could, I it was not that far off for me to be number two. But you know, big props to our number two. He's he's good. He's better than me that day. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the one thing that I do in our scene that other players don't do that's sort of my edge is just the amount of research that I do. Yeah, well, that's what I was kind of getting at. I feel like you soak this stuff in a little bit faster than the average dude oh, the Sean dude does it more than yeah so but that's that's again why when I was saying earlier like you ascended through the ranks pretty quickly and you soaked all this like with the an enthusiasm and an encyclopedic like you know space and your knowledge is just mm-hmm. you, you've leveled up <laughs> as some reference though our tournaments our local tournaments are usually 20 to 30 players sometimes like in the high 20s yeah. so just as a reference if people are like Oh man, no, he's in a state with like 78 people, a 100 man tournament. You know? <laughs> it's it's 23rd is respectable, for sure. For sure. That's not you too know? bad. And I've definitely won my the line of my fair share of local, like state tournaments. I'm no stranger to that either. Somebody, you know, I've had some uh, successful money matches. Well, I'm excited for you because you're going out and you're kind of representing Arizona and you've been traveling more and such. and... 
Yeah, I think you're going to go pretty far. So uh, this is one more way we can kind of introduce the world to Sean, dude, a little bit. Ooh, well. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you want to say to your uh, your new fans? Well, hello, fan. Um, <laughs> I was joking, Sean. I've got a big head here. Come on. Damn, cut me out. If anybody, one thing I love about the game, because I, you know, I really take a lot of knowledge in and I learn a lot of stuff. I do my research, but what I love doing more than that is sharing my research. I love telling people what I know and just try to like promote, you know, just knowledge, especially when it comes to my character because there's such a, she's so underplayed that so many people just do not know a lot about her. Yeah. And I play her and I don't want people, I don't want the feeling of, I, this guy, he only beat me because of like some whack stuff. I don't know, magic. Like that's, you know, whatever. It's BS. Like, no man, it's actually just, here, let me show you. There's this. Listen, the, the dab, the chop, that's a high. It's not a mid. You know, she's going to step after it. Like, and uh, show her these weaknesses. And, like, these aren't all fake stuff. And this, in this matchup, she's really good. Here's this specific situation against our characters that I'm doing. And uh, that's, like, the only thing that kind of makes me consistent when I play is just having fallen back on my knowledge. And so I just want everybody to know about it. So then they whoop my ass for doing fake stuff. And I can, like, try to learn and play differently. And I hope that other people do the same because I love them. I learn stuff. Anything else you wanted to uh, to add before we wrap up here? Uh, this is a good game, and you should give it a try. Be <laughs> curious, you know. It's uh, the community's cool too. We have some great figureheads, and the great thing about it right now in this age is so many people stream. If you need to, if you play like some character, somebody's really good is streaming playing that character. And they just, you know, want you to watch their stream. So go take part of it and, you know, learn some stuff. Right on. Well, thank you very much for joining. I've had fun talking and learning. Uh, maybe maybe we'll sit down in the not-too-distant future and, and try things out. Oh, man. I look forward to it. I mean, we could just go to the bar and play Tekken 5 on that greasy cabinet and still have a good time. <laughs> All right, man. I look forward to it. Thank you, John. Thank you, sir.